did a series on the seventh seal. And in the book of Revelation, what we see is that um, it's revealed to the Apostle John, which obviously in turn is revealed to us. There are seven seals mentioned, seven uh, trumpets mentioned, and seven bowls mentioned. And we're going to be dealing with each one of those uh, as we go through this series. In this particular section, we're dealing with the seven seals itself. And so in the previous teaching, we had a look at the first uh, four seals. In today's teaching, we're going to look at the fifth seal. We'll look at the rapture, we'll look at the 144,000, and we will look then at the seventh seal. We will not look at the sixth seal today because, um, as I've already mentioned uh, in the previous teaching, with regards to eternity, um, the spirit realm is not constrained by time or distance. And so what we think uh, should follow chronologically in sequence that you get the first seal, then you should get the sixth seal, and then you get, should get the seventh opened in sequence. Although in, uh, in scripture they actually are opened in sequence, what transpires is that the events around the opening of those seals um, do not chronologically take place in the earth in that um, sequence. And so we'll see it more clearly as we get through it and we get to actually discussing the sixth seal. But we'll see very clearly that uh, the events uh, pertaining to the opening of the seventh seal uh, certainly do take place chronologically in the earth before the events of the sixth seal. We'll look at it as we get into it. Um, we saw in the pre previous teaching the first four seals, um, all of them pertain to events that had been occurring since the beginning of mankind on the earth, even until this current uh, age or generation that we're living in now, and will continue to uh, function even until the, the end of the age. Because they all speak of uh, certain angelic beings that have been released into the earth to do certain uh, mandated with certain tasks. And all of those angels have been accomplishing those tasks even before our Lord came to the earth and are continuing to accomplish those tasks in the earth. And so we come to the fifth seal. And again, the fifth seal, when we uh, read the account, we will see that it um, pertains to a different type of event completely. And the account is picked up in Revelation chapter 6, verse 9 through to uh, verse 11. Scripture says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you avenge, judge, sorry, and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren, who would be killed as they were, was completed. And so we see, see when this uh, fifth seal is opened up that the Apostle John is given uh, a vision of an aspect of heaven that we don't really know too much about. And that is that under the altar of God, um, all of the Lord's martyrs are currently resting in that location. For the scripture said to them that they were to rest a little while longer. So they've been resting there ever since they got there. They will continue to rest there until the time of the end of the age. Now, as I say, the scripture is very silent to us as to what conditions are like under the altar of God. 
but we do know that it is a separate location to where the rest of the saints are kept in heaven. Now heaven is a very uh, is a vast area and there's obviously more than one heaven. The Apostle Paul was caught up to the third heaven and so obviously there's a first and a second heaven as well. Uh, the Apostle Paul was also caught up to paradise and so um, heaven has these different um, tiers to it. Um, there are heavens, the book the Bible does describe heavens plural, and it is also extremely vast in size. The earth in comparison to heaven uh, is minuscule in size. Um, and so we're not going to get into any kind of in-depth discussion about heaven today, because in fact the Bible is, is pretty silent to us about what heaven is like. And the reason for that is very simple, is because heaven is not the dwelling place of mankind. Man dwells on the earth. God has designed mankind to live on the earth. And so we have a lot of in, uh, information about even the new earth that our Father will create and the heavenly Jerusalem, which will be on the new earth. But we have very little information about what heaven is like. Anyway, what we see here is that all of the Lord's martyrs, now the Lord's martyrs began with Abel. He was the first to be killed by Cain, um, because of his righteousness. The Bible teaches us that because his works were righteous, Abel's were evil, Abel then killed Cain. I'm oh, sorry, Cain killed Abel, sorry. And Abel is in heaven today, and he has always been there under the altar of God. That's another important point for us to understand, is that they're not standing before the throne of God, they are placed under the altar of God. And so, they're in a separate location to the rest of the saints, but they're also not before the throne of God because um, for various reasons we're not going to touch on that right now. The other thing we see here is that uh, there, are, there are multitudes that, are, that were there when John saw them. Um, because he says here that he said, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held, and they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Um, and so there were multitudes at that time when John saw them. Now that would have been all of the Lord's martyrs that had died from the time of Abel until the time John saw them. Now it was said to them that they were to rest a little while longer until their full number was completed. And so their full number has not yet been completed because ever since the time of John's vision up until the present day, multitudes of the Lord's saints have since been martyred for their faith in Christ. And that number has not yet ended because that number will only be completed by the end of the age. And so all of the Lord's martyrs, when they die, they go to this separate location in heaven uh, they're housed under the altar of God, not in the city of Jerusalem, but under the altar of God. Now, why are they there? Because they are destined for great glory on their day of judgment, because um, our Lord has deemed them worthy to suffer death for the testimony of Jesus Christ our Lord. And so they will receive great glory on their day of judgment. Um, something else that we see from this passage of Scripture is that it was at that time when, when the seal was opened, this first seal, it was only at that time that they were then given their white robes. Now why is that? 
it's because the white robes that the saints wear are washed clean in the blood of the Lamb. So the blood of the Lamb had not yet been shed prior to our Lord Jesus opening up the seven seals. And so when he opened those seven seals, he had already offered up his uh, blood as the atoning sacrifice for the sin of the world, and therefore their robes could therefore be washed in white. And they were then at that point given white robes. And so all saints that go into heaven now uh, are given their white robes, including the saints under the altar of God. But the point I just wanted to bring across here is that all of the saints up until that time, even though those martyrs were under the altar of God, they did not yet have their white robes on because the blood of Jesus had not yet been shed. The, um, at the time of the opening of the fifth seal, that had transpired, and so their, white ro their robes could be made white in the blood of the Lamb. And so that's the, the information given to us when the first seal is opened. It's really just God giving us a bit of insight into what transpires in heaven, um, a bit of insight regarding the Lord's martyrs in heaven, um, and you know that which we've discussed so far. So it's not really um, uh, an aspect that says, okay, well now this thing has to take place because the fifth seal is opened. Um, not at all, it's just God showing us when the first seal is open what pertains around the issue of the Lord's martyrs in heaven. But then we get to the sixth seal, which we'll not discuss today because, as I say, as we get into the series, you'll understand why. And then the next seal that is opened is then the seventh seal. But before the seventh seal is opened, these two, well, there's actually three events that, no, two events that must take place. And we'll discuss those two events now. The one is the rapture must take place. You'll understand when we get to the seventh seal, because the seventh seal heralds the outpouring of the wrath of God on the earth. And that begins with the sounding of the seven trumpets. So the seventh seal leads in to the sounding of the seven trumpets. Um, but before the seventh seal can be opened, this event has to take place in the earth, which is the event which we as the church today commonly call the rapture. And uh, we'll look at two passages of scripture around this event. And the reason we're going to look at this event is purely because um, this event has to take place before the seventh seal um, can be opened. And although it has already been opened, chronologically in sequence in the earth, it hasn't yet been opened. The effect hasn't yet been brought to bear. Because don't forget we said that um, eternity is outside of time. And so when our Lord opened that seal, it doesn't mean that now this has to happen in the earth at the same time. It happens in the earth thousands and thousands of years later. First scripture we'll look at is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18. The, Paul, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul writing to the church and he says but I do not want you to be ignorant brethren concerning those who have fallen asleep lest you sorrow as others who have no hope for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus for this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. 
For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. And then the other passage is in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 to 9. But concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, as labor pains upon, upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the very key verse of scripture there is in verse 9 that we just read. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because what we see in this passage of scripture is a couple of things that take place when the rapture occurs. And that is that destruction then comes upon the earth. Because um, in talking around, in the first passage we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul is talking about the rapture. And he's saying that there are going to be saints that will be alive on the earth when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. And we know that. We know that um, in Corinthians he talks about the same thing. That the dead in Christ will be raised first, and then we who are alive and remain, our bodies will be changed instantly. So as the, the, the saints who have fallen asleep, they will come with Christ when he returns to the earth. The scripture talks about the fact that our Lord uh, will draw them from the Father's part of heaven and from the Father's part of earth. He, he'll gather all of his saints together. So the saints that are in heaven currently, when our Lord returns to the earth, they will return with him. Now, when they return, they um, come all the way to the earth and they enter into their resurrected bodies. God the Father will now raise their bodies from the graves. And they will then return, rise in their resurrected bodies to meet the Lord in the air. Uh, so it indicated to us very clearly that our Lord doesn't come directly to the earth. Our Lord comes to a place uh, where the scripture calls the, the air. He says, mm, let me get to that point, in verse 17 of chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians 4, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Now that, that air that is mentioned in Scripture, we mustn't confuse it by thinking that it's, it pertains to the atmosphere above the earth, because that's not really the case. It is in fact a, a spiritual realm called the air. In the book of Corinthians, I think it is, I might be wrong, uh, the Bible refers to Satan as being the prince of the power of the air. And so it's the, a, a heavenly realm where Satan and his angelic beings currently reside. 
there's that war that's still to be still will break out in heaven where Michael and his angels will fight against Satan and his angels and they will cast them to the earth but currently they're in that heavenly realm and they rule over the earth from that realm that's why the Bible in the book of Ephesians talks about we wrestle not against spiritual and against flesh and blood but against um, principalities powers rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in the heavenlies and so Satan and his angels reside in a heavenly realm which is above the earth which is called the air because the scripture calls Satan the prince of the power of the air and so our Lord when he returns before he returns Michael and his angels would have cast Satan and his angels out of that realm and Satan and his, his angels will then be cast to the earth and so all of heaven will be completely cleared of all of Satan's angels. There will be no more of his angels in any of the heavenly realms at all. Now, when our Lord returns to the earth, the saints who are currently in heaven will return with him, but they will not yet have their resurrected bodies. So our Lord will return to this place called the air, and he will wait there. His saints will continue to the earth, where they will then enter into their resurrected bodies they will then ascend to meet the lord in the air now the saints who are alive on the earth at the time that our lord returns their bodies will be changed instantly in the twinkling of an eye the scripture says and their bodies will also become like the, the resurrected body that our lord has and so then all of the saints those in heaven who now have entered into their resurrected bodies and those who have been remaining on the earth at the time and are also changed in their resurrected bodies, the whole church will then ascend into the air to meet with the Lord Jesus and forever be with Him. Now, at that time, the church will enter, our Lord will enter into judgment with His saints. And so it's in that realm, the realm of the air, which is a heavenly realm, it's not uh, where God is, it's not the... Um, there could be the third heaven we don't know the Bible just talks about a first second and third heaven we don't know which heaven is in which format really and the Bible talks about paradise but in, it's in a heavenly realm nevertheless it's outside of this earth's atmosphere um, it's there where our Lord Jesus um, talk about he talks about the, the beam of seat of Christ and will enter into judgment with his saints and each one of the saints will during that time give an account of their lives to the Lord Jesus, their lives that they conducted in the earth while they were on the earth. Because the Bible talks about the fact that we will be held to account for things done in the body. So talking about when the saints were alive on the earth. That is the time of judgment that the Lord will enter into with us.